one constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is the Beyond the Game program coming to you from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. Sports talk without the trash talk. I'm Rick Benson. With me, as always, is Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. I hope you have your holiday shopping all done and you're able to spend a little relaxed time with your family or whatever it is that you enjoy doing. But if you're like me, you probably still have a few things left on your list to check off. I have the bulk of my shopping done, Zach. What about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much done. I'm waiting on one gift from my wife that's supposed to arrive Saturday and really needs to arrive Saturday, so I'm not in the doghouse, but I think I'm done. You got it from Amazon? Yes. Yes, so they deliver on Sunday, too. So, well, you work for the post office. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. Man, I'm a big believer in Amazon. A few minutes on the app, it brings it right to my door. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll tell you, if everything worked as easy... As Amazon. I did have to go to the mall, though, one day this week. A couple days ago, I went to the mall, and I am sure the look on my face was just evident. Have you recovered yet? I don't like going to the mall. Uh -uh. I hate it. The only thing the mall has for me, well, other than obviously I had this thing that I needed to get for my wife, but the movies. And Mm -hmm. I can get there from the, the side doors, really, so I don't have to go through the mall to get there. Hey, we got a lot to do on today's program. We actually got an Emmy-nominated actress, uh, Janine Turner, is going to talk with us. She played Maggie O'Connell on the hit TV series Northern Exposure, if you remember that. It was one of those quirky little shows, and I, I really enjoyed it. Why are we talking to her? Isn't this a sports show? Well, yes, but I'm just fascinated by the number of things that this person has done and is involved in. And I'll tell you one thing, you never suspect uh, suspect this. She's a Longhorn cattle rancher. Really? Yeah. So we're going to talk to her. Just that alone makes it fascinating. It's Christmas weekend, though, so we're going to do some fun things. We might as well get right into it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do one it. of our segments, but do a Christmas theme. One of the things we like to do around here is we do a draft. We call it a BTG draft, and we are going to pick, actually draft our favorite movies. So, obviously, if Zach has drafted it, then it's off the board, and we're going to give him the first-round pick. So, why don't we get right into it, Zach? You are on the board with your first pick. All right, the Christmas movie that I pick with pick one of round one might be controversial. It's Die Hard. I don't know if we've had this discussion before. It is 100% a Christmas movie. It's one of the best movies of all time, let alone just Christmas movies, so it had to be my first round pick. That was actually on my board, but my first pick is a classic. Miracle on 34th Street. That's a good one. But here's the deal. It's got to be the new one, the remake. With, oh, really? Uh, not the Natalie Wood one. That's fine. I love it. Great film, but I like the one with Elizabeth Perkins because... And my wife knows this, so I'm not talking behind her back. That is the most beautiful woman that's ever walked this planet, is <laughs> Elizabeth Perkins. And I think so because she looks like my wife. So 
that's oh, how I, see I what get you allowed did there. to say that. You know? Okay, there's a loophole. So 34th Street, Miracle on 34th Street, Elizabeth Perkins version is my first round pick. Zach, you're up round number two. My second round pick is The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, but... Unlike you, I like the old version. I like the old cartoon version with okay. Boris Karloff. There's just something about it. I grew up watching it, and it's Boris Karloff. I don't think anything else needs to be said. It's fantastic. I didn't include any cartoons in my draft board because there are some classics out there. Of course, mm-hmm. I love Rudolph. Yeah. And, you know, what's the thing about Bumbles? Bumbles Bounce. Bumbles Bounce. Looky what he can do. I, I yeah. love that one. Charlie Brown is another Yukon one. Cornelius is the man. He, that's That really is one of my favorite ones. But I didn't include any cartoons because I wasn't sure if that really constituted a, If a, Die a Hard's film. a Christmas movie, they can all be included too. Well, I'm going to pick then with my second round pick, Scrooged with Bill Murray. Oh, good one. I, I don't know what it is about that film. I just find that humorous. I It's it's a great, good movie. I like it. Scrooged, Bill Murray. You're up. Your third round. With my third round pick, it's the one that probably everybody listening has been waiting for, and that's It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. That movie, you can't make a Christmas movie list without having it on there. I know it's sappy, and it's you know it's been spoofed so many times and stuff, but it is a really good film, and it's fun to watch as a family. So It's a Wonderful Life. Is yeah, my... that's probably where I was going, but I just this is the thing about a draft. I just lost them to another team, so... A Wonderful Life's not on the board anymore, but I've got some good ones left here. Uh, uh, the Bishop's Wife with Cary Grant, that's mm. uh, that's a great film. Uh, a Christmas Story, of course, is, is oh, yeah. a classic. Uh, one Gremlins. Of the, one of the Gremlins, uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. One of the traditions we have in our home is we always watch the Polar Express the night before yeah. Christmas. and. Something I'm looking forward to. My daughter and uh, new son-in-law will be coming into town. Looking forward to seeing that. But I think with my third round pick, I'm going to take Christmas Vacation. It's a good one. Because there's nothing better when the cat bites it after chewing on fire. <laughs> True <laughs> story. I had a rabbit thing. do that once. Really? Yeah. And fried right out. No. It was under my computer desk, and he came hopping out, and he smelled like smoke, but he was okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a hysterical movie. It's so, fantastic. Uh, just in review, I'm going Miracle 34th Street, Elizabeth Perkins, my first round pick, Scrooged is my number two, Christmas Vacation number three, but there's so many good ones. And I'm sure you have some. You could tweet at us, by the way, at BTG Program. Zach, yours was Die Hard. Uh, I know you had Wonderful Life in there. What was your second round pick? I missed that one. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Oh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Right, right. Good good choices. I looked up a list of Christmas movies to prepare for this. You know what else was on there? Home Alone, which I agree with. And Batman Returns, which I don't really. Batman Returns? That was listed as a Christmas movie. Why? I have no idea. Well, I guess if they're including things that were released at around Christmas time. Yeah, maybe. They figure that out, but... There's so many good shows, but there's also a lot of good music. We've got a little time left before we have to take our first break. One of the other segments that we like to do, we call Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And I think we like to do this segment simply because we have that. We have that. So you got to come up with a reason to use it. So let's let's do it. Let's do Good, Bad, the Ugly. Let's do our 
the way this segment works, we pick our top three, our bottom three, and then we're usually talking about sports. We pick the ugliest thing from that week. Mm -hmm. But it's Christmas. Everybody except me feels good at Christmas. I got to be honest, Zach. I don't like Christmas. And I know that's a terrible thing for me to say being – you know, on oh, no. staff at a church. I just, I, I loathe Christmas. Here's what I like about Christmas. I love the birth of a Savior. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ coming to earth to pay for sin. I, the birth of a Savior. We need a Savior. I love that. Secondly, I love family. Uh, the time is just, it's precious. After that, uh, other than this list of movies and songs we're going through, there's not a whole lot else I like about Christmas. No, I'm with you. As someone who has previously worked in retail, that ruined it for me. There was a song. In fact, I don't, I don't know if it'll come up in your list, but Greg Lake, Emerson Lake and Palmer, had a song he wrote, um, Father, I Believe in Father Christmas. And it was a song that is pretty famous. People will say, oh, I love this song. You can hear it in the background now. But this was actually written as a complaint or a protest against the commercialization of Christmas. This song's got to be high up on your list, then. Well, it's a great song. It's not really going to make my good, bad, the ugly, but we do like it. So um, that's one of them. But let's let's do it. Let's do good, bad, the ugly. Um, You went first before, so I'm going to go first in this one. And I'm going to say my top three, I'm going to start with uh, number three, is probably Little Drummer Boy by Bing Crosby with David Bowie. I love that combination together. Bing and Bowie, that was just a terrific rendition. Yeah, that's of, pretty cool. So what's what's your number three song on your list? My number three song is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, that's awful. That would have been my ugly. That's a, that's a great song. It's so, oh. I, In my opinion, the only requirement for a good Christmas song is that it's fun for everyone to sing together. And everybody loves to sing that oh, song. Oh, it's just annoying. It, it's almost as annoying as that Italian donkey song, which is... That one's uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, number two for me, there's uh, so many good choices. You can go... You know, Band Aid. You can go Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. Although I don't think I would. We reckon. couldn't play parts of that song on the no, show. No, no. Um, boy, I, White Christmas by Bing Crosby. I'm sticking with Bing on that. His version of Can't White Christmas wrong. is tremendous. What do you got for number two? I have got. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I don't care who sings it, but it's a great song. It's it's fun. I like the message of it. It's a good song. You got the Whirling Dervishes that did. Um, the, the Grinch song. Mm-hmm. You got the Royal Guardsman doing the Snoopy and the Red Baron. Ronnie Millsap does a terrific version of a Oh Holy Night. Of mm-hmm. course, Elvis's a- Blue Christmas. Yes. There's so many. I don't know if there's one song. My favorite Christmas album is John Denver and the Muppets. It yes. is terrific. And Wish You a Merry Christmas might be my favorite song. The Pretenders do a version of it that's just terrific. And Ralph the Dog from The Muppets, he and John Denver do a version of it. But I think my favorite, my number one, is an album that I think was released just a year ago, Patti Smythe. If you're from the 80s, you'll remember her from Scandal. But she does a version of Wish You a Merry Christmas that is just, just tremendous. That's my number one. Zach, what do you got? 
My number one is your mean one, Mr. Grinch. The original from the cartoon by Thurl Ravenscroft. You it's... just like saying the name. Oh, yeah, Thurl Ravenscroft. I wasn't convinced it was a real person. Did you know he also was the original voice of Tony the Tiger from the TV commercials? Really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. See what I did? Oh, I didn't even catch it the first time. I'm yeah. Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Come on back. We got a lot to get through on this Christmas weekend. Here's the Red Hawks recap for this week, covering the week through December 21st. The Red Hawks recap is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. It's the holiday break, so the campus is relatively quiet, but there was some basketball to talk about this past week. It was a sweep last Friday night on the road as both the men's and women's basketball teams defeated the University of Bridgeport. The women had six players finish in double-digit scoring, and two, sophomore Emily Miller and junior Taylor Bino, had double-doubles. Miller had a game-high 13 points in the 77-56 win. The men, they upset the nationally-ranked University of Bridgeport 85-82. Sophomore guard Isaiah Lewis scored a career-high 26 points to lead the Red Hawks to a win over the East region's number one team, which had been ranked 19th in the nation. The men were unable to keep it going as they narrowly lost on Sunday to Mercy College, 91-89. Lewis was one of three Red Hawks to finish with a team-high 15 points, joining redshirt junior Justin Vaughn and freshman Chintarist Bartoskis. The women, though, they kept it rolling. They won 97-66 behind 19 points from senior Lucy Kovley. She was 4 for 8 from behind the arc. Mark your calendars as the teams return home January 6th for a doubleheader against Damon College. The women tip at 2 p.m., followed by the men at 4. This has been the Red Hawks recap presented to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Keep up with all the happenings surrounding Roberts Wesleyan Athletics at their website, robertsredhawks.com. Get scores, highlights, and more, or follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Let's again, Merry Christmas to you. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. America's favorite faith-based sports talk radio program recorded in Rochester, New York. The Beyond the Game program is, as I said, recorded in Rochester, New York. It's recorded in the BTG studio. Among the many places around the world, though, where the podcast was downloaded this past week was Plant City, Florida, the birthplace of country music's Pam Tillis, and home to the fabulous Strawberry Festival held there annually, located right off I-4, outside Lakeland, kind of between Lakeland and Tampa. Wherever you may be listening from today, we thank you for making us part of your day. To get the podcast, visit our website. Or find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Click subscribe and do take a moment and leave us a review. This week's special guest joining us for shenanigans is our friend Pastor Shane Haffey calling in from Niagara Falls via the BTG studio line. Pastor Shane, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to good to be back. 
Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Zach, why don't you hit us up with your first statement? All right, number one. Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis announced before Sunday's game that he is stepping down after the season to, quote, pursue other opportunities in another team's front office. Truth or shenanigans, Marvin Lewis will find a front office job. Shenanigans. (laughs) I mean, I guess he might because there has to be something that he does that made it worthwhile for Cincinnati to keep keep him around as long as they have. As a coach, though, he had a tendency to bring in bad character guys and— I'm just thinking if you if he's your front office guy, you won't want you wouldn't want him in any capacity that involved player personnel. But I don't know. Perhaps there are front office jobs though that he could do, like maybe ordering paper towels or tracking down new vendors for field paint. Maybe or, cleaning the front offices. Yeah. What do you think, Zach? You think he'll? I say shenanigans as well. I don't... The two things that really stand out to me when I think about Marvin Lewis's tenure with the Bengals are that, A, he hitched his wagon to Andy Dalton, who's not a good quarterback. So evaluating quarterbacks, probably not a strength of his. Number two is what you said, the bad character guys. Um, he continues to stick up for guys like Pac-Man Jones and Vontez Perfect, despite repeated evidence that they are dirty players. That's what I think of when I think of Marvin Lewis. I think that's what other teams will think of as well. Pastor Shane, what's your view on it? I, I'm actually going with truth. I, I think that he will latch on with somebody. I don't think it'll be this big, high-profile um, position that he'll take, but I think with his length of tenure uh, with the Bengals, uh, somebody's going to give him a job somewhere. Uh, what it's going to look like and what his responsibilities are, I, I imagine they'll be in a limited sort, uh, especially to start. But I think that yeah, truth, he'll, he'll latch on somewhere. All right, two NFL games, Patriots-Steelers, which I know Shane was invested in, and Raiders-Cowboys went down to the wire on Sunday only to have controversial endings due to weird NFL rules. So truth or shenanigan, the catch rule and the fumbling through the end zone rule both need to be overhauled during the offseason. Being from Pittsburgh, this should be pretty interesting, so we'll let Pastor Shane go first here. I'm going with shenanigans. As much as it hurts to say, the the Jesse James uh, touchdown reversal uh, was a difficult uh, thing to to watch, but it was, uh, you know, I was convinced afterwards that it was the correct call, um, but it is a bad rule, and it, it's unclear of what a catch is. You have players, you have coaches saying they don't exactly know. Um, it's, it's unclear what a catch is, and... It's unfortunate, uh, but I don't think they will. I don't think the NFL will take a look at it. I think they're going to say, we did this two years ago. Everybody stamped the approval for it, and it is what it is. And I don't see them uh, revisiting this. I think they have uh, a bigger fish to fry, as they say, uh, and that it won't it won't be looked at this offseason. Well, that was a lot more tame than I, I was expecting. Yeah. I was anticipating hail, fire, and brimstone. I thought we might need a mute button. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take away the dislike for uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That okay. is still there, and it it still hurts. Okay, good. Zach, you also <laughs> have no love for Tom Brady, so what's your thought on this? That is very correct. Um, I, I agree with the statement that they need to be overhauled. Like Shane said, I don't think they will, but, I mean, you have all these teams of referees, and it seems like every single officiating crew has a slightly different view of what a catch is. Um, there were videos of Brandon Cooks in the, a Patriots game earlier in the year where he catches a ball for a touchdown, falls out of bounds, and the ball is loose. But that one was actually on, on replay called to be a touchdown. So it, it's just inconsistent. Uh, the fumbling through the end zone rule especially is terrible. 
You know, that if you fumble through the end zone, if you'd fumbled six inches closer to yourself and it went out of bounds at the one-inch line, you would maintain possession. But because it goes through the end zone, it's, it gives the ball to the other team. That's ridiculous. That needs to be completely overhauled. But like Shane said, I just don't see the NFL doing anything about it. Unlike you guys, I have nothing against Tom Brady. Of course, that probably my Giants have, you know, they're they're able to beat him. So, you know, <laughs> you guys can't say the same thing. Besides that, he's just dreamy. But uh, I actually agree. They this need is to getting do, uncomfortable. <laughs> they need to do something. But that's the easy part to sit here and say they need to do something. How do they do it? How do they fix it is the problem. This has been an issue for years, and they still don't have I mean, you can go back to 1999 when the Buccaneers and Burt Emanuel in that game against it was the NFC Championship game with the Rams, the greatest show on turf. And they botched that call because the ball hit the ground. It never moved. It's in his possession, but it touched the ground. I don't know how you get tackled and not have the. Anyway, I'm just rambling here. <laughs> I just it's they're trying to be too. They're trying too hard mm-hmm. to be too detailed, and I think a lot of it is is judgment. You can't just define everything. If the ball touches the ground, well, of course it's going to touch the ground. Right. Yep. All right, the Philadelphia Phillies made a surprising win-now move by signing first baseman Carlos Santana to a three-year deal last week. Truth or shenanigans, the Phillies will be this year's surprise playoff team. Yeah, man, I agree. They have a ton of young talent, Zach, and we've been hearing about it for several years. They're maturing, could very well be ready this year to be a surprise, at least to some folks who haven't been paying attention, unlike you and I. So what's your (laughs) view on it, Zach? I agree. Um, at first, I thought you do. I was very surprised by the move. But, you know, you look at all these teams, the Cubs, Astros, Yankees, etc., that have sort of surprised and been contenders a year early. And the Phillies seem to be on that same trajectory. Their lineup's going to be pretty good. If their young pitching takes a step forward, I don't see a reason why they can't. So I'll say agree. You agree, Pastor Shane? No, I'm, I'm calling shenanigans. Um, that, that's not to say that uh, within a couple years, if their you know ro- roster matures the way it's uh, projected to, I, you know I think there are. But I don't think it is this year. I don't see Carlos Santana as being uh, the keystone player, the missing piece that they were missing. It's a it's a solid pickup, um, but I don't I don't see it, um, especially when you when you look at the roster that surrounded him in Cleveland taken him to, to the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know if he has the support cast just yet um, to take them to the playoffs. So I, I'm, I'm going to call shenanigans on that. Speaking of offseason transactions, we've been hearing for the last two weeks that the Orioles were working hard to trade their superstar Manny Machado, but nothing appears to be close yet, and in fact he may be off the market if they're to be believed. So truth or shenanigans, Manny Machado will be traded this winter. Zach, what say you? I say uh, no shenanigans. I don't think so. Um, I didn't think it was especially likely to begin with, but especially since Peter Angelos, the owner of the Baltimore Orioles, is dead set that uh, Machado not end up with the Yankees. So not only will they not trade him to the Yankees, but he's insisting that they not trade him to any team that would then turn around and trade him to the Yankees. So I think any time that you're purposely limiting the amount of teams that you can trade to, that makes a deal that much more unlikely. Yeah, that's just stupid. What do you think, Pastor Shane? I, I, I was going to call shenanigans as well on just about everything that Zach said. You know, I, I don't think, um, if anything, I think that they they were going to, if they're going to trade them to the Yankees, they're going to try to get everything 
they can for him. And I just don't see the, the Yankees uh, jumping on that. They'll be patient for it. And uh, right now I think that the Yankees are really just about the only uh, logical suitor for them. So I see them holding on to him. They might try to move him from the July uh, trade line. I'm going to disagree with you guys and, and agree that with the statement that Machado will be traded. And to me, it's a why not, especially after word that Zach Britton is now going to be out with mm-hmm. likely about six months or more with that ruptured Achilles. If you're Baltimore, if you're Toronto, or if you're Tampa Bay who just traded away Evan Longorio, wouldn't you look at the Red Sox where they are? And, of course, God's team, the Yankees, where they are, (laughs) and identify that it's going to be very difficult to compete in that division with those two giants. So this is a great time to break it down and rebuild it because you're going to have a hard time competing anyway. So I I think they're going to be motivated to move him. Besides that, and I, I know Machado's going to be a professional about it, but even so, isn't it hard to move forward knowing that your club wants to trade you, just can't get enough for you, and that it's very possible that at any moment, soon as somebody offers them enough, they're going to trade you. So uh, I think he will be moved. All right, last but not least, Benson, you and I have seen the new Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. Shane, I know you're a Star Wars fan, and you'll be seeing it soon. So in a face-off between cute and fluffy Star Wars creatures who were created solely for merchandising, truth or shenanigans, The Last Jedi's porgs, are cooler than Return of the Jedi's Ewoks. Pastor Shane, before you answer the question, I got it. How have you held out for this long to not have seen the film? We have a we have a family tradition uh, where all the the guys in the Happy family uh, wait until Christmas break uh, to go see uh, the Star Wars movies. It actually goes back to when um, the Lord of the Rings were coming out, and then the Hobbit movies, and now all the new Star Wars movies. We wait until Christmas break, and we go see it together well that's cool yeah but can't you see it and then just sort of lie to your family that oh no i haven't seen it is that going against being a pastor and i (laughs) and i would be free to do that but we know also that lying is wrong i I don't know if that that belief has trickled down (laughs) into you baptists yet but um no we we believe in being truthful all right you haven't seen the film but you've seen enough commercials what do you think about the difference here well, you know, from what Zach had told me about the the, the new ones are called Porgs, right? Yes. And they basically just sit on the dashboard and yell. They're kind of like a modified hula girl that used to sit on the dashboard of cars. <laughs> yeah, they kind um, of flop around so, the island a little bit. That's about it. Okay, so yeah, I'm going with Ewoks are, are the better ones. I don't remember if that's the truth or shenanigans part of it. But, you know, the Ewoks, they, they, they held their own in, in that battle there and the return of the Jedi. So I, I, I'm going with the Ewoks. Exactly right. Shenanigans. The Porgs are not cooler. In fact, I didn't even know they were called Porgs until Zach <laughs> asked the question. What is cool about a Porg? <laughs> yes, they're cute. They got their big eyes and all. But as you said, Ewoks are warriors, man. They may have looked cute and cuddly, but they could kick some fanny, which is much cooler than just being some sort of nuisance bird. What do you think, Zach? <laughs> I'm on board with the Ewoks, too. I'll make it a clean sweep. Look, the Porgs are cute, and they're computer animated and stuff, but, I mean, you got Ewoks are bashing troopers' helmets in with rocks and jumping on the AT-AT walkers and stuff. Like, they're pretty intense, so cute and fuzzy hides uh, some pretty cool little warriors, so I'll go with the Ewoks as well. 
That'll do it for Shenanigans. I want to say thanks to our guest, Pastor Shane Haffey, for joining us. Always good to talk to him. What do you guys got going on for Christmas? You got a Christmas Eve service at your church? Yeah, we have two Christmas Eve services, uh, 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, and then uh, 6 o'clock p.m. is our traditional candlelight service. Candlelight. Fire. I like it. That's right. (laughs) You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk with Janine Turner. She starred in the hit series Northern Exposure. Put off the last-minute Christmas shopping. Stay tuned in just a little while longer. At least take us with you on your car radio. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call town and country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call town and country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call town and country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call town and country pest solutions today. Town and country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Janine Turner is an Emmy-nominated actress, perhaps best known for her role in the television series Northern Exposure. She's appeared in numerous other shows and movies, has hosted a radio talk show. She's an author. Believe it or not, she's a Longhorn cattle rancher. She's a much-sought-after public speaker. I could go on and on. Probably her favorite role is as a mother to her daughter, Juliet. She joins us now on the BTG studio line. Janine, thanks so much for coming on. It is an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's a it's an honor to, to to be your guest today, and especially during this holiday season and right before Christmas and Christmas Eve and the day before Christmas Eve. So, <laughs> like me, so many people they know you, they loved you as Maggie O'Connell on on Northern Exposure, but they may not be aware of of the many other things that you've been involved in and are involved in. Can you update our listeners? What's currently taking the bulk of your time? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm, my daughter, you know, I'm a, single, I'm a single mother, so raising my daughter was always 
God first, my daughter, you know, up there, uh, second after God. God always has to be first, right? Um, number one priority in my life. And uh, she's in college now, so this has opened up a lot of uh, avenues and time for me. I'm, 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 uh, have a manager in Hollywood now, so I am auditioning again. There's talk of a reboot of Northern Exposure, which would be super, super cool. But in the meantime, you know, I have a foundation constituting America uh, that I founded and co-chair currently, um, which is to teach kids, primarily kids, all over the country about the nonpartisan relevancy and importance of the United States Constitution. And that uh, people can check that out, by the way, at constitutingamerica.org. But I also, um, gosh, you know, I, I, I give speeches all around the country. And uh, I have, um, I'm doing a Front Porch Philosophy YouTube series and a God on the Go daily podcast, which is one minute for inspiration. And I have two new books. So there you go. I know you're very passionate about the U.S. Constitution, as you just mentioned, so much so that you founded Constituting America. You educate Americans about the Constitution, the liberties that it provides and it protects. This brings you into a lot of schools around the country. What's your favorite part about teaching young people uh, about this very important document? I absolutely love going into the schools and giving my speech to the kids. You know, I'm an actress, so I always keep them... uh... I always perform for them, make sure they're having a good time. We give out lots of prizes, and it, we have an amazing contest for these kids. And uh, they win money and prizes and trip, a trip to meet a mentor in their field. And we, then we promote their careers. A lot of our song winners um, we promote, and uh, songs about the United States Constitution have actually been uh, heard. Are their songs that they, they wrote, and we reproduce them for them. We re-record them for them have had like 45 million impressions across the country on wow. 65 radio stations. And the public service announcements that they do um, have reached 7 million households. So, you know, we we really promote their careers. So it's really amazing. I love, I love watching and how children's minds click. And I find that when I can explain to them that the Constitution is a document that gives them tools in their toolbox to empower them, um, that they can actually create an amendment process through the First Amendment rights. The 27th Amendment was actually done by, was, the movement was started by a 19-year-old, Gregory Watson. And so they're not too young to, to really have an impact. I teach them how to call their representatives and, and that they hire them and they can fire them and they pay for them to be there. And, and so it's really, really empowering. And then if they win the contest, to watch these kids get so excited to go on these trips with us and then to have to, for us to be able to help them with their careers. And we do this with STEM, too. We, a lot of our STEM winners have started in a documentary that was in five theaters last year. I don't know of any other foundation that offers so much. It's very exciting. I just love dealing with kids. One, one, of, uh, one of the schools where I spoke with the charter school is called the Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy in South Dallas. And these kids are always amazing. I've, I've been spoken there four years in a row. And one year, two of their, three of their you know, students won. But uh, after I gave a speech this year, they were talking on another topic, and one of the students said, well, Ms. Turner, maybe we can start a petition, because Ms. Turner said we can always start a petition. I'm like, yes, it's working. So I, I think that it's to empower the kids, you know, in a nonpartisan way. It's exciting. We're talking with actress and author Janine Turner. So many celebrities have found it fashionable to bash our president. They make, you know, ridiculous claims. I'm sure you've heard them. He's not their president. and. A number of even threatened to leave the country, though I, I doubt any actually have. 
You've been involved in the entertainment industry for many years. Why do you think Hollywood goes so left? Lack of knowledge, primarily, I think. I think uh, uh, an adherence to dogma, um, and because the Democrats are the hip and cool crowd, and everyone wants to be part of the hip and cool crowd, and because they want to get work. And the people that don't follow that, you know, that, that want to swim upstream, you know, they that they they can lose their jobs and lose their work. So it's it's sort of a fear tactic uh, for a lot a lot of the people and others. I I, I don't know. I, I would like to think at heart that everyone really loves the country. But uh, you know, my daughter was at a school where where ninety five percent of the kids were liberal, and she she engaged in a, uh, some this guy had been eluding her, a bit rude to her, and she finally engaged in a conversation with her. Uh, politically, because my daughter's written all these books about our Constitution rocks and whatnot, so everyone knew where Juliet stood. And they had a conversation. She got in the car later, and she said, Mom, uh, it was really amazing. You know, we, we think so differently about politics, but we found 5% of the things upon which we could agree, <laughs> and now we're friends. So I think more and more we all need to focus on, you know, the things that we, the 5% where we agree and build on that instead of finding our differences. We're honored to have with us the wonderful Janine Turner. You did one of those I Am Second videos. You talked openly about your struggles with alcohol and how God's faithfulness was what delivered you from that dark place. And I imagine because of your political views and because of your openness about your faith that you continue to come under pressures and attacks. Can you share how your faith continues to get you through these battles? God is my everything, and and I've I've been in deep dark black holes where I've reached up for the hand of God many times in my life, and God has pulled me out of them. And I I constantly seek God, I seek for higher enlightenment, and I do that through many many different ways. You know, one is through a twelve step program, and I never did drugs, but but I uh, drank alcohol, and and I got sober when I was twenty three years old because I I really had a true understanding of the demise. Uh, and the the uh, that's the fact that that the disease is inherited. So I had a pretty good picture, and I didn't want to go down that road again. So I got sober. I walked into a twelve step program room when I was uh, twenty three years old all by myself, and so that that's a wonderful program that gives twelve amazing steps for finding God, to turning my will over to the care of God, to uh, to taking an inventory every day, and when I'm wrong, promptly admitting it. Um, it's really a beautiful, amazing, amazing. You know, all of it, a lot of us say in the room, most of us all of us, you know, we, what we thought would be the worst thing to happen to us ended up being the best thing to ever happen to us. And so that's one avenue. The other avenue is the Bible. I read the Bible every single day, um, and I try to do my twelve step both through the twelve step program, but also through my faith. You know, how can I be of service? And I, I flounder and I fail and I. I get all, you know, I got to pick myself back up because, you know, we're all just human, but I strive. I strive to remain connected to God through prayer and meditation, which I find that when I can focus on the Word of God, just the act of, of not reaching for the phone the first thing in the morning, but to reach for the Bible the first thing in the morning, uh, to reach for a daily devotional first thing in the morning, because uh, we're inundated by negativity and people that make a big, huge profit on keeping us churned up. And we just need to, in my opinion, for me at least, I have to put God first. You mentioned uh, reaching for a daily devotional. You actually have started an inspirational devotional every day called God on the Go. Is there a backstory to that? What moved you to decide to share a daily motivational? 
You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, it, you know, I find that through every difficult time I go through in my life, through every challenge, through every sort of darkness or every sort of attack, uh, it, if, if I can just get through it, and then on the other side, um, if I stay focused on God, God will always sort of speak to me and give me a new sort of stair step of enlightenment and a new a new way to express that. And uh, I had this incident where, where I was being falsely kind of fake news, falsely attacked. And to get through that, uh, I sought some uh, opinions. And one guy was talking about, you know, starting this kind of thing. And I, it was very vague and not, not a devotional at all, but just sort of, getting them maybe a YouTube channel out there and doing things. And so one day I just sat up and I believe God spoke to me. And um, I've often thought about going into uh, to divinity school and whatnot. I thought, how could I, how could I do this? And I thought, wait, I can do a daily podcast with a devotional. And my daughter came up with the name God on the go. And then the other one, one day I just sat up and said, God spoke and said front porch philosophy, because I was reading this wonderful book on philosophy that breaks down all the philosophers from Socrates to Sartre. And um, I thought this is the kind of conversation that we need in our lives, you know, to get away from all the negativity and to have some front porch philosophy and have friends come over and and just talk talk uh, about some of the sides of politics and all the negativity. So these two projects just started, and so I I awaken in the morning now and I read the Bible and whatever I I uh, grabs me, so to speak, whoever the Lord speaks to me, I then pick up my phone and I record my God on the Ghost. So if anyone wants to sign up for uh, to get these daily by God on the Ghost through email or through uh, text, they can go to JanineTurner.com and sign up for the newsletters and for text, and I will put them on the list, and they can get them every day. And then my new book, which is going to be out probably by the time, uh, by, by this by this weekend, um, is going to also be on Amazon, and it's going to be a three, it, it is a 365 daily devotional wisdom for each day and it's it's a, a collection of philosophers and leaders and you know, i inherited it um i found it an old dusty trunk from my eccentric wonderful uh, great great grandfather so that's going to be a lot of fun as well you you mentioned you've written a number of books and in not that you're le- not the latest one that's going to come out but the one right before that you identify a link between depression, drug use, and even suicide with an unhealthy addiction to technology and social media. Can you talk about that book for a moment and how important it is to actually be aware that they're of the negative influences of being overly uh, attached to social media? Yes, and that's my artificial intelligentsia versus primal sense. And what I'm saying with artificial intelligentsia is like artificial intelligence, and we're all fascinated with that. But the artificial intelligentsia is like an elite group of people who are absolutely manipulating our lives. And we don't really realize it because all these gadgets we love so much. And you know, I love them too. I'm not saying people should throw it all out. I mean, I love Amazon. I love FaceTime with my daughter, and I love the text, right? But but there's a manipulation going on um, with their points of views that are uh, permeating our lives, and with this, and they, and and the former president of Facebook, and I quote this in my book, actually talked about the fact that they knew they would get us addicted to Facebook, and they knew it could have a detrimental effect, and it would change community and society forever. And so more and more studies are coming out saying how detrimental Facebook are, how actually people are depressed more than they are uplifted after looking at it. And that children especially are very susceptible. Um, and if you think about it, uh, and they want to keep us stirred up, and they want to keep ne- negativity going, and, and actually Facebook will actually gear towards you 
information, what they think you want. Like I have 127,000 followers on Facebook, but they only send out what I post to like maybe 2,000 people because they block it. So it's very manipulative. Um, it's, a, it's an algorithm. And, and so we have to be careful with intelligence and, and find, and, and I believe we have to go back to our primal senses. You know, the primal senses of nature, of God, of of uh, all all of these all these different steps that I that I lay out, these different senses, going outside, exercising, get, getting back to what our bodies we're not we're not made to sit behind steel all day long, and so we really have to combat it. And I do think it creates a, a very unhealthy relationship for uh, America right now. Once again, we're talking with Emmy-nominated, three-time Golden Globe-nominated actress Janine Turner. We all have different stories, Janine. For some, it's when they were young. For others, it's older as a result of different circumstances. But I love hearing people's stories about when their faith first becomes real. Would you share with us how your faith in Jesus first became real in your life? Well, I, you know, Dustin Hoffman once said, not to quote Dustin Hoffman, but that his career was a series of breaks. You know, it wasn't one big break. And I, I see my faith that way. You know, I believe that, that God, and a lot of people feel they had this kind of uh, pivotal moment. But for me, it's been a continually deepening walk, um, bit by bit by bit. And I believe I have felt God in my presence since I was a little girl, getting me through all kinds of situations. And my great-grandmother was a pillar of the Baptist church, and my grandmother was, my mother was Baptist, my dad was Episcopalian, right? So, um, and then I just, the more that I seek God, um, I, I think there've been uh, times in my life, you know, early sobriety. And then, uh, when my, when I discovered I was going to be a single mother, because who really ever has designs to be a single mother, right? Um, I sought God even on a more deep level because I knew it was going to be God and God with us to, uh, my daughter and I, and to, to get us through those challenging times of being a single mother. So that was another era. After 9-11, which was before my uh, my daughter was three, um, that was another time that um, I started on a year. Um, and now, of course, I continue to read and read and read. So every every challenge takes me on a deeper walk and a deeper faith. And, and I just, uh, the more I seek God, I, you know, I think God is always there, but the more I seek Him, the closer I become. So it's it's just been a, a real journey for me. Um, I was baptized in the Baptist Church when I was 15. To me, that's just sort of uh, I was baptized in Episcopalian when I was a child, a younger child. So I, I think that it's it's faith is it's just a continual revelation in the love of Christ. And then when my father died in 2014, I think that was another time um, through that incredible darkness that I've dealt with, where I sought God and had even a, a deeper sort of communication with Him. I like to ask all our guests, uh, how can we pray for you, Janine? Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, wow. Well, I I, I would just pray that um, yeah, I have this. It's based off Isaiah, a, a verse in Isaiah, and I don't know the exact verse right now. But my daughter and I always say, uh, "God, may we accomplish Your purpose and succeed in the things for which You sent us." And I think that that's a prayer that I wake up every day and can stay focus to achieve God's purpose for my life. I know you're very busy, so I, I thank you for taking time to talk with us. Before I let you go, though, because we are a faith-based sports talk program, our listeners are probably waiting for the Sports Connection. 
So can you tell us a little bit about Janine Turner? Is she much of a sports fan? I mean, being a Texan, I know you're a Texan and you had a role in Friday Night Lights. So is there maybe a football team that's your favorite? Well, I love college football and my father played college football. My father played football for uh, West Point. Oh, wow. So um, I I love college football and Army won this year. So we're excited about that. And uh, I also love baseball. And I think that... um, we, my daughter's at school in Houston, so the fact oh, yeah, the Houston the Astros. Astros one was a lot of fun. So I, I love I love baseball and I love college football because my dad plays college football. Janine, once again, what's the best place for people to get your books? Right there on your website or through Amazon? Amazon. I mean, I have two other books. One is uh, 12 Amazing Single Mothers, but really they were just amazing heroes, kind of heroes throughout uh, 17th century that's holding her head high. That's going to be out in paperback probably uh, right after the first of the year. Um, and that's that's through many different channels, Amazon being one of them. And then I wrote another book, a compilation of my Federalist Papers essays and and um, things of that nature. And um, that also has a lot of my opinion editorials. And I talk about sobriety. I talk about my father. Um, that's called A Little Bit Vulnerable, and that's available on Amazon. And my two new books, The Artificial Intelligence yeah, versus Primal Sense, and my new uh, Wisdom for Each Day, it's all available on Amazon. And, of course, JanineTurn.com if you'd like to sign up to get any of these emails and texts daily. Janine, thanks again for taking time to talk with us. It, it's been a real pleasure to spend time with you today. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity and, and wonderful speaking with you. Merry Christmas. God bless you for all that you do every single day and that the uh, witness that you're being and how you're being a service to the Lord. Thank you so much. Amen. That's Janine Turner. You probably know her best from the television series Northern Exposure. And I tell you, if they reboot that, as she said, I would be thrilled. You can follow her on Twitter at Janine Turner. You can also visit her website, JanineTurner.com. That'll take you to the, all the books that she had, the daily devotionals. And even if you want to find out more about her foundation, Constituting America, you can go through JanineTurner.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. It may have seemed orchestrated, maybe rehearsed, probably even a bit corny at first, but that Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas makeup on NBA TV was what I liked this week. If it did seem orchestrated, 
If it did seem corny, and I'm sure it did, that was only to the point where they hugged it out, because at that point it became very moving. It was very genuine. At least it seemed so to me, and if it wasn't real, they certainly had me fooled. If you're not aware, the two former friends have had a long-standing feud going back to their playing days on rival teams. The relationship was worsened when Magic fought to keep Thomas off that 1992 Dream Team Olympic team, something Magic even admitted to doing in a book that he wrote with Larry Bird, and I think it was um, Jackie McMullen, one of the Boston reporters. Apparently, Magic felt that Thomas had spread rumors about his sexuality after he announced that he had the HIV virus. You are my brother. Let me apologize to you if I hurt you that we haven't been together. And God is good to bring us back together. The forgiveness and restoration of the broken relationship between Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas is what I like this week. What I liked this week was Texas Rangers pitcher Cole Hamels and his wife donating a mansion to a nonprofit charity called Camp Barnabas that helps uh, host camps for individual kids with special needs and chronic illnesses. The home sits on approximately 105 acres and is valued at almost $10 million. Cole Hamels and his wife gave it to a charity to host camps for children, and that's what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? We're almost done with the hour. But before we do, it is, of course, Christmas, and Zach and I wish everybody the very merriest and happiest of of Christmases. And Mm -hmm. it would be my prayer that you not forget what Christmas is about. It's about the birth of a Savior. The, The necessity of a Savior is because of the sin that we commit. What if you stood before God and he judges your sin as you stand now? Will he find that your sins are forgiven, that they're satisfied. That's why we need a Savior, because without Christ in our lives, our sins are unforgiven. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But here's the thing. Someone has already paid the debt you owe. God loved us enough that he came to earth He humbled himself, came to earth, and born in the most humble of situations. I ask you this. I I would pray that this Christmas season you would ask God to reveal himself to you. Ask him to reveal your sins so that you can fully understand what it means for a Savior to be born, what it is that you're being saved from. Romans 5.8 says God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world, John 3.16 says that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus has already sacrificed his sinless life on the cross to pay for my sins and to pay for your sins. That's what Christmas starts. That Christmas birth, that manger scene that we've come to love and adore, what it means is the first step towards the cross. You need to believe. You need to ask God to forgive you of the sins that sent Jesus to the cross. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Because of sin, there is nothing we can do to get to heaven or to be forgiven 
on our own by God of our sin. It's only the love and the grace of God that this free gift is made possible. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That baby in a manger is that gift of God. And when we realize what our sins have cost God and how incredible that gift of forgiveness Well, it ought to create in us, and it does. It naturally creates a sorrow and a repentant heart. And when we are repentant, we're able to throw ourselves on God's mercy and ask him to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're all in need of God's grace and forgiveness. And these two verses that I love to share, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Talk to God this Christmas season. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. And then start a new life, repenting from sins and seeking after God. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Beyond the Game program. And if you want to know more about the show, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There you'll find information about the program. You'll find past broadcasts, detailed information on what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ and knowing him as your Savior. And you can also make a donation to this radio ministry. The program is mainly listener-supported, so we need the support of listeners like you to be able to bring the gospel to listeners all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. Prayerfully consider being a financial supporter of this ministry, won't you? And know that we are, truly, we are extremely grateful for your support. And I'm sure I speak for Zach when I tell you that we hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas and that you're blessed throughout this holiday season. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. We celebrate his birth, which was necessary to reconcile sinful people like you and I with a holy God through his death on the cross. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.